Fire and division. Fire and division. Those are the two things that Jesus Christ has come to bring us on this earth. Fire and division. At first glance, this morning's gospel can be quite a troubling one, especially when that same Jesus has told us, Come to me, all you who are weary and find life burdensome, and I will give you rest. How do we reconcile this Jesus Christ? Right? Is, is Jesus Christ uh, you know, bipolar? Does he go from one extreme to the other? Does he say, come to me and I will give you rest? And then the next day he wakes up in the morning and he says, I've come to bring fire. I've come to bring division, not peace. Why? Apparently we can say, who is this Jesus? What is he trying to say? It's hard enough to follow you, Lord. And yet we get so many of these mixed messages, apparently. Jesus uses the image of fire. What are some of the things that we relate to fire? Think of those romantic dinners that you've had with your spouse, right? We usually, when we think of a romantic dinner, we think of a candlelight dinner, right? I think if you were planning a romantic dinner for your wife, you wouldn't go into, you know, classroom at J.F. Burns and turn on all the fluorescent lights and sit down and have dinner at night. It, it wouldn't be very romantic, right? Fluorescent lighting is not romantic. It doesn't evoke sentiments, emotions of love, whereas a candlelight does. Fire does, right? Think of all the Christmas cards you've seen, right? And so many of them will have, you know, a little house with snow all around it. And you look through the window of the house and there's a fireplace burning, right? We, we associate the fireplace with the family, with being with those people that we passionately love. I don't think there's anyone here who has a fireplace, right? Whether it be wood or gas or whatever shape or form, right? That they do not enjoy sitting in front of the fireplace with their family. It brings back memories possibly of their childhood, right? Or even of their children who have grown up and possibly left the house. Or even their children who are currently in the house. There's something about a fireplace that transmits not only physical warmth, but also emotional warmth, love. When we think of fire, my heart's on fire, we think of love. That's what Jesus is speaking about in today's gospel. He's saying, I have come to cast fire upon the earth and how much I desire that it's already burning, that is burning within you, burning inside of you. This fire, this love that I have for you is burning within you. You might say, well, that makes sense, but what about division? I've come not to bring peace. I've come to bring division, separation, death, a certain type of death 
what on earth is Jesus talking about? Again, we can go to our relationships of love. Every single person in this room who is in a relationship of love will readily admit that there is a certain death that happens in love. There's a certain part of you that necessarily has to be ripped out of you. That selfish part of you has to be ripped out of you and it has to die. If I'm truly in love with that other person, if I'm truly in a relationship of total self-giving to you, then every person in this room knows that that also implies I need to die to a part of myself. There's a part of myself that needs to die. That part of me that would just prefer to kick my feet up, right, and eat a pizza and watch the world go by. That part of me that used to love to watch basketball games all day long when I was in college, that part of me has to start to die because of those people that I love. Love is intimately connected with a certain separation, a certain dying to self, a certain division within me, a certain ripping out of everything that is not love and it needs to die or that love will die. I don't know how many of you have seen, uh, have experienced forest fires, right? I've experienced smaller brush fires when I was over in Italy. You would uh, be traveling down the highway and see off to the left or to the right these small, not exactly forest fires, but definitely fires, natural fires that are occurring, right? And there's uh, a theory out there, and a fairly well-founded theory, that a lot of the forest fires that are currently happening in, southwestern, uh, in the southwestern part of the United States of America is due to the fact that we're trying to control forest fires. Right? Forest fire, it's a natural part of the forest life. Right? A forest fire cleans out all the brush, cleans out all the garbage, so to speak, in the forest. It, it burns, it cleanses, it purifies, and, and it also, there's a certain type of pine tree that without fire, the pine cone does not open, and the seeds do, aren't, aren't able to be released. Right? A forest fire is intimately connected with life. Right? The life of the forest, the vitality of a forest, depends upon regular forest fires, regular evils, regular divisions, dying, destruction, so that the forest might live. So we think of fire, right? A fire purifies. It brings life. Yes, it divides, it kills, but it brings life. Jesus Christ's love for us causes us to be divided because that selfish part of me needs to be ripped out and needs to be purified. And not only is Jesus' direct love for me causing that because of my sinfulness, because of my selfishness, but God also permits, right? He doesn't send. He also permits, so to speak, those forest fires. He, always, he also permits suffering in our lives. He permits painful things to happen, right? He doesn't send suffering to me. He permits it. In the Bible, there is a constant 
fairly frequent reference to God being like the refiner's fire. If you go to the prophet Malachi, it speaks about how he will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver. And I read up a little bit on this. I had, I had, some, I had heard, heard something about this in the past, and I recently read up on it a little bit. In the ancient world, right, the purifier of silver would actually sit by the silver, right by the fire, and he would have to constantly be present as the silver was being purified. Right? Because silver, you rarely find it in its pure form, unlike gold. Almost all of silver is fined mixed with other metals. So the purifier of silver, he would have to constantly be there beside the flame, blowing away the impurities that were found in the silver. And the way that the purifier would know when the silver was done was he would look into the pot of silver, right? Silver in the ancient world was used for mirrors. They would use pure silver as a mirror. So the purifier of silver, how would he know when the silver had been purified? He would look into the silver, and when he could see his image, the purifying process was done. My dear brothers and sisters, when life hurts you, when you feel the weight of the cross, when you are suffering and deeply hurting, Know that God is sitting right there beside you like a purifier of silver. He's sitting right beside you and he is there with you when you experience that fire that burns you, that hurts you when you're suffering. That's when you're closest to Jesus Christ. And know that the purifier of silver sets fire to that mix of metals because he highly values the silver. And when the purifier of, of, purifier of silver, when God looks into you and he sees reflected in you his own image, then the purifying process is done. My dear brothers and sisters, don't be afraid of suffering. Don't be afraid of the fire, so to speak. Whether it's the fire of God's love that causes me to be uncomfortable, be uncomfortable because of my selfishness, or the fire of that suffering that God permits because he is right beside me, he values me, he is closer to me than ever. And when he looks and sees his image in me, the purifying process is done.